It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, August 29, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The city of Yakutat reported seven active COVID cases on Friday, according to data from the Department of Public Safety. Four of the cases were in local residents and three were in non-residents. Four of the cases are being attributed to communal spread and three are linked to travel outside the community. Since the start of August, the community has reported 20 positive cases. After nearly two years, the time of Sitka's Climate Action Task Force may be coming to a close. When the Sitka Assembly met on Tuesday, it approved a measure to replace the task force with a permanent sustainability commission. Task Force Chair Elizabeth Bagley has been involved since the group was established in late 2020. Uh, And since then, we have uh, learned an awful lot about what Sitkins are hoping for, for a sustainable future for ourselves and our planet. And we've learned an awful lot about um, the best processes to use to move things forward. Bagley said one way they could move things forward was by shifting from a task force to a commission. The Sustainability Commission would advise the Assembly on goals updated each year that support the social, environmental, and economic sustainability of the city. Their goals would be focused on eight topics, including fossil energy use reduction and development of local renewable energy resources, food security and Sitka's supply chain, and solid waste reduction. A new city staff position, the Sustainability Coordinator, will act as the liaison between the group and the Assembly. Dave Miller said he felt the assembly was moving in the right direction. I think this is one of the most, uh, one of the things that can really help our community in the long run. Um, You know, if we can use less oil, if we can do a lot of those things, figure out our garbage problems. I mean, those are some great issues. I don't think they're going to happen overnight, but I think they, they have great potential. Sponsored by Assembly members Kevin Mosier and Rebecca Himshoot, the substitute ordinance was tweaked slightly from a version that came before the Assembly earlier in August. The changes included requiring an annual report to the Assembly. Right now, the only other commission that does that is the Health Needs and Human Services Commission. The Assembly approved it on first reading unanimously. It will come before the body again for a second reading and final opportunity to give public comment in early September. A candidate for Ketchikan City Council violated a protective order tied to his relationship with an 18-year-old woman when he was 46. Dave Timmerman said at first that he'd end his campaign after the conduct came to light, then reversed himself. KRBD's Eric Stone reports. Dave Timmerman pleaded guilty and served time in jail for violating a protective order that a judge issued after an 18-year-old woman he had been dating accused him of stalking. That's according to court records obtained by KRBD. Timmerman is running for a one-year seat on the Ketchikan City Council. The woman, whom KRBD is not naming to protect her privacy, worked for Timmerman in the summer of 2016, according to court documents. She said in a petition for a domestic violence restraining order that she and Timmerman started dating in early 2017, just weeks after she turned 18. In a handwritten statement to the court, she described Timmerman's conduct during the seven-month relationship as controlling and manipulative. She said Timmerman became obsessive towards the end of the relationship, even threatening suicide when she expressed her displeasure with the behavior. Then, when she broke off the relationship in late September, the 18-year-old told the court that Timmerman came to her workplace and started screaming. Timmerman said at the time that he didn't refute much of the woman's account. Here he is speaking during a court hearing at the time. She needed space and time. And she told me that, and I had a very hard time giving her that for the next couple of weeks. 
The judge granted an initial 20-day restraining order but denied the woman's request for a longer protective order. Hours before the 20-day order expired, Timmerman attempted to contact her on Snapchat, the woman said in a subsequent filing. This time, the judge granted the order. The judge found that Timmerman had more likely than not stalked or attempted to stalk the 18-year-old and violated the prior order. The judge said Timmerman was, quote, a credible threat to the safety of the woman. Early the following year, Timmerman pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge of violating the protective order as part of a plea deal to resolve another outstanding case. In an interview on Friday, Timmerman said he does have some regrets about the relationship with the 18-year-old. Oh, there's always regrets. I mean, uh, you know, different decisions would have made different outcomes for sure. Timmerman initially said his past conduct shouldn't influence how voters feel about his run for city council. But in a message shortly after that interview, Timmerman said he planned to withdraw from the race and asked KRBD not to publish information about his history. Then, two hours later, Timmerman changed his tune. Everybody knows me in town, and uh, I'm not that worried about it. If people can choose at the ballot box what they want, there's three of us running, I think that's good. Timmerman is facing sport fishing guide Jack Finnegan and teacher's aide Christopher Cummings in a race for a one-year term on Ketchikan's city council. Local elections are October 4th. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. Sitka's municipal election ballots will have two propositions for voters to weigh in on, a cannabis tax and funding a marine haulout at the Gary Paxton Industrial Park. Not to be outdone, Wrangell's municipal election ballots will have three finance-related propositions for voters to weigh in on. KSTK's Sage Smiley reports. Much of Wrangell's public infrastructure was built around the same time in the mid-1980s. Maintenance on many of the buildings has been deferred or done piecemeal for decades, and it's taken a toll on the structures. To try and address some of the most pressing issues, Wrangell's Assembly has approved two bond measures that would put $12 million towards renovations at the community's schools and the multi-purpose public safety building. Here's Borough Manager Jeff Good at a meeting August 23rd, explaining the basics of the school bond, which would be for $3.5 million dollars. The bond is to try to do the siding and the roofing on a 37-year-old building. I mean, that's typically your siding and roofing for most houses or buildings. You're replacing it 30 to 40 years. So it's about the life expectancy of what those the roof and siding are. So trying to get that maintenance done, it's time. It needs to be done. Uh, the bond is probably the best way right now to be able to pay for that. The bond for the public safety building would cover similar issues in addition to addressing some aging mechanical systems. But the government can't take on debt without the approval of the people, so both bond proposals will be on the October 4th municipal election ballot. Borough Finance Director Mason Valarma advised Assembly members to think of ways to balance the burden on Wrangell property taxpayers. We've been really brainstorming mechanisms to subsidize these things so they actually have a chance, um, because if we don't, they're not going to pass. I mean, be realistic, right? So we're going to try to figure out how we can reduce the burden on the tax base as best as we can. And there's several mechanisms of doing that. I mean, we have our community assistance payment. We have, you know, we had record sales taxes here. Just did it for the audit today, 3528 million for sales tax. That's really great. We have our jail contract. It's hopefully going to come in a bit higher, 195,000. Um, which could go to the public safety building. Valarma estimated that if both of the bonds passed, the yearly debt payments would be about $874,000. With contributions from borough sales tax or other funding sources, Valarma said he expected a 5-10% to 10% increase in property taxes could cover the payments. Wrangell's Assembly also amended the ordinances earlier this month to make sure any tax increases from taking on bond debt would sunset once the bonds were paid off. 
But the other side of the equation, how taxes could increase for individual taxpayers, remains unclear. Rengel's Assembly recently approved a $48,000 contract to reassess every property in town, some of which haven't been assessed in years. Assemblymember Dave Powell says not knowing how much of a change a property assessment could yield is causing concerns in residents he's talking to. They're worried the city won't commit to a hard number, he says. They have no idea what their house is going to be assessed at, and they are worried. And that, I, I don't know how to do it, how to guarantee to the next assembly that, you know, you guys, this is what was said, this is what needs to be done, and because the way I look at it right now, if we say that, it goes to a lot of people and they're all approved, I, I wouldn't want to be sitting here if we didn't do it. Even though the borough might not have exact numbers to bring to voters, Powell said leaders need to do their best to give Wrangell residents a clear picture before the October election. I want, I want them to be cut and dry of what we're trying to do, why we're trying to do it, and this is our best estimate of what your millage might go to. That I mean, that's all we can do right now is an estimate. And then, you know, if I'm still here, I'm going to push it down everybody's throat that, hey, we promised to get the millage rate down to where you're only still paying down much more for your house because that's what we need to operate on. And two more millage was to pay for these bonds. The ballot measures would only approve taking on the debt. Any changes to the property tax mill rate would be considered separately by the Assembly. While $12 million is a significant amount of money, Assemblymember Ryan Howe pointed out it's just a start towards the infrastructure needs in Wrangell. And it's a start for building trust, he said. If the Assembly and administration are open and communicative with the public during the process, it will pave the way for future projects, he said. I mean, eventually, like, the dam's going to fail and water's going to come rushing down that hill. Eventually, the water plant's going to poop out permanently. Eventually, like, the public safety building is going to collapse under its own weight. Like, eventually, we're going to have to ask people, we're going to have to ask, eventually. And it's like, this is this is a, a small piece, but let's, let's establish trust now so that when we, like, when we have a big project, we can count on the public to know that we mean it. To keep voters informed, the local government has established a committee to oversee the bond process. A third ballot measure on the October ballot will ask Wrangell voters whether they approve of the government selling or leasing the old mill site at Six Miles Amovia Highway. The borough bought the property for $2.5 million in late June. There isn't a specific plan for sale or lease at the moment, but anything over a million dollars has to be sent to the voters. The two bonds and the land sale or lease question will be on the October 4th election ballot. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. Taking a look at the community calendar. Lincoln Street is closed to vehicular traffic 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. today, with no parking beginning at 9 a.m. in accordance with the short-term tourism plan. Sitka Tribe of Alaska's Kayani Commission holds an open meeting at 6.30 p.m. today on Zoom. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.